today on the Grassroots Motorsports Podcast, an extremely meta, behind-the-scenes, sort of two-in-one podcast version of the podcast with the guys from the Slip Angle Podcast. They're on our show, we're on their show, it's all happening at once on the Grassroots Motorsports Podcast, episode number 51. Hey gang, welcome back. JG Pastor Jack here with the Grassroots Motorsports Podcast. Um, we are back as we are after every episode that we seem to uh, tell you we'll be back in a week or two and it takes a month. But uh, in between the last episode and this one, uh, I have not actually seen my house much. And uh, there's been a lot of travel, a lot of, a lot of planned and unexpected travel. So I, I apologize for that. And uh, we hopefully now that we are here sort of after solo nationals and uh in another few days we'll be after runoffs um hopefully we can get back to a a uh, a somewhat regular schedule in our uh what do we call it a a semi bi-weekly um schedule with our podcasts so uh we'll definitely try and try hard to get back to that today a very cool show actually uh, before i get into today's show um grassrootsmotorsports.com classicmotorsports.com we're not doing the uh, the discount for the podcast listeners anymore, but because we always have a cool special goal, like, like we're our new policy now. And and who knew that you know running a business you could actually have sales and people would buy something. We're we're pretty good at making magazines. We're lousy at um, you know selling magazines. Um, so every month there is a sale on something. And some months it's subscriptions and like we just recently did a 10 year subscription for a hundred dollars thing or we'll do, you know, we'll blow out like do a Black Friday special, $10 subscriptions or we'll do half price T-shirts. So every month there is a sale uh, on something at grassrootsmotorsports.com. So if you haven't been there for a while, go check it out. You might get a great deal on a hat or a shirt or or a, a package deal or you might be able to renew for uh, for a really, really cheap price because you already subscribe, right? I mean, let's face it, you're already, if you're listening to this, you're hopefully a subscriber already. So go check those out. Go check out the message board. we got a great, uh, a very active, awesome message board. It's full of nice people. It, it's really one of the nicer places on the internet to hang out that doesn't feature naked people. And um, we, we, we'd like you to go check that out. It, it's it's actually, for as far as internet message boards go, it's a pretty nice, pretty, pretty uh, supportive environment. Uh, I know those places can get a little bit... Uh, uh, to, you know, kind of nasty at times, but, uh, anyway, here's what's going on today. So, uh, we have some friends that do their own podcasts. It's the, the slip angle podcast, uh, Austin Cabot, um, Adam Jabay, uh, Adam is a, a former $2,000 challenge com- competitor. He's a, he's a Honda racer. Um, they're, 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 they're both Honda guys actually. So they started uh, their own podcast a couple months ago, doing a great job with it. I think they're up to about 20 episodes now. You can check it out on Stitcher or on uh, the iTunes store. It's the slip angle podcast. Um, so they wanted to have, uh, have me on the show, which I was, I was flattered. And I thought, you know what, uh, here's a great way to, to get some content for my own show. Uh, while you guys are having me on the show, I'll have you on my show. Uh, so this is basically a kind of a marathon session of them trying to interview me while I'm trying to interview them. And, uh, for actually I have had some folks write and say, Hey, uh, we'd like you to be on your own show at some point. Cause you know, we've, we've heard some of your, some of your stories and there's some interesting stuff uh, that you've done. I'm not a guy that likes to sit around and, and, uh, and blow my own horn. Um, if I could, I'd never leave the house. Hey, um, anyway, uh, so 
I'm sorry. I'm watching my emails come in here, and you guys are you're you're better than that. You don't need to put up with me uh, doing work while I'm trying to you know do work. Anyway, uh, so we had them on the show, and they had us on their show. So this is basically um, a kind of a them talking to me and getting some stories from me, and and I'm talking to them a little bit. And uh, if you have not checked out the Slip Angle podcast, this is a great introduction to it. It's it's very sort of fun and conversational. It's a lot like this. It's very fun and conversational. A little bit of tech, a little bit of, a little bit of information. The, the, they have they've had some great guests. So uh, after you listen to this, please add that to your your um, subscriptions, and we will see you in a couple weeks with a new thing. In the meantime, here is me on my own show, being on somebody else's show on the Grassroots Motorsports slash Slip Angle podcast. Enjoy. Um, you can if you want. If you want to record uh, the audio on your side, just as a backup. Okay. Um, just on my, I don't know how to record the Skype call. Um, um, just do it the way that we always do it. Okay, that's fine. You're in, just in case. Yeah, I, I'll do uh, just my my feed of Audacity then. So. Okay. What What do you hey, guys? Actually, hey, JJ. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> how you doing? Good. What do you guys actually use to do do your recording with? I just use GarageBand, and uh, normally for the first couple episodes, we just had little USB Samson Go mics that were like $40. Uh, we'd each record our sides and then uh, send them over, and then I'd mix everything down. Okay. So it seemed to work pretty good. It was just very time-intensive. Um, so last week, we actually bought a mixer, and I've been using the mixer the past two episodes and for this one, and it's got USB, so I just have the drivers on the computer set to uh, route everything through all audio through the the USB, and uh, the recording software picks it up, looping it back in. So there's a there's a great um, program for Skype too, just called Call Recorder. Okay. Um, and it the, the cool thing about that is like you never have to worry because actually I was doing the same thing you guys are doing. But what what started happening was I started getting some latency issues with the the call looping through my recording software and then back into real time talking to people mm-hmm. if there was any kind of latency issue like it would never catch back up again oh really so, so the cool thing with call recorder is it basically just splits the signal off to a separate you know thing that just just records everything going on on skype so you, you don't ever ever have to worry about about latency issues i think i've seen a little bit about it isn't it i think it's like 30 dollars or yeah, something it's cheap yeah Super yeah cheap so Adam and I are over here like, man, thirty dollars. <laughs> yeah, we're we're trying to start on, on the super cheap side of everything. Although, how much did you just spend on that mixer? Uh, it was like three hundred bucks, man. <laughs> I didn't want to say it in front of Jessica the other day when we were, <laughs> we were recording. Yeah, I know. I I think I almost uh, got you in trouble twice on that show. Yeah, because I, I think right now podcasting is just kind of a, a money pit. Oh well, yeah, absolutely. well only a, only a, in the hundreds here and hundreds there, not the millions. Yeah, yeah. well, it's I tell you what. I'll tell you what it is. It's exactly like being in a band. Yeah. Um, so like, there's all this great gear out there. And, and you see, well, I mean, there's, there's guys in bands that are getting rich, but most of them are guys that are spending their own money and, and doing all the yep. hard work and have all the same cool gear, but it's not quite as famous yet. <laughs> One day we'll make it. One day. Yeah, yeah we'll literally make the tens of dollars. <laughs> yeah. um, do uh, uh, Are you recording also, JG? Yes, I am. Okay. Okay. Um, Everything sound okay on your side with us? Yeah, yeah, it sounds great actually. Okay. Cool. okay. 
Uh, and do you uh, do you need, do you want to do any promo for any GRM uh, specials for can, uh, sponsorship what, can, or anything? I can put that in in front or, or, or behind all this stuff. I mean, you uh, can you you can do it uh, whenever you want if you want to do it, and then it'll be on our end too. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I, honestly, everybody just goes to grassrootsmotorsports.com. They can find out every everything we're doing pretty much up to the minute, and check out our Facebook page. And one thing one thing we find is like the 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 crowd on our forum and uh, and the, our website people are kind of different than our Facebook people, and I, I think that's just kind of a natural natural thing. I mean, there's there's a lot of crossover, obviously, but there's a lot of activity on our Facebook page that we don't see the same people on our our website and and vice versa. So if you're just doing one, yeah, you're not really getting kind of kind of the whole picture. I mean, our Facebook page tends to be a little more I don't know commercial type. I mean, yeah. I don't know if it's commercial. I don't want to say commercial. I mean, there's good content there. But um, the forum's pretty laid back and uh, yeah. a little bit more uh, of a group. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you, you can have a discussion there. Like with the Facebook page, we're really trying to get people just to come to the forum ultimately because it's, it, it's, hard to, it, it's hard to have meaningful content on Facebook. I mean, it's great to have like quick, small, shareable content. Yeah. But, um, yep. you know, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great outlet for that. But for, you know, for good content, um, yeah, just go to the web page and there, there's okay. there's always some kind of special going on like we got a 10 year thing right now for 100 bucks and there's always like every, every month we have a different special whether it be like shirts are on okay. sale or subs are on sale there, there's always there's always something stupid going okay. on recently you guys did the uh what was it the best of the 80s yeah yeah, yeah. i remember i remember when you guys started that and then uh, I mean, I, it was only a couple of days long, I think, or maybe a couple of weeks. But yeah, I, th- I think each round we did for a week. Okay, and and, and that actually we're still paying for that software, so you're you're, you're going to see more of those come up at some. Point. Oh, nice. Um, but yeah, that was actually. A, a, I mean, and that really stemmed from. I've always wanted to do a bracket of some kind because I just you know I love that stuff <laughs> for whatever <laughs> reason. And uh, we found this cool software that you can subscribe to, and it and it captures. Uh, captures email addresses and, and helps us build build our list and actually and, and also gives you know people cool fun content to, to discuss and you know yep. the, ultimately it's all it's all about getting names and adding to the list and 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 building the community I, you know I don't, I don't want to sound completely mercenary but it, it, it's more of a, a way to build the community and you know because that community you know, look my mortgage is not free. Um, so, but if, if you know if i can if i can make a living and people can have fun while i'm making a living oh my god how cool is that you know yeah and that's what that's what adam and i are, are starting to kind of figure out you know we've just we're just scraping the surface on all of this stuff um there's a lot of big plans in the future but you know that's kind of where we're at we just we want to have fun you know provide content for other people and if we make money we make money well, and, and that's what's so awesome is now like all this stuff is so democratized i mean I mean, yeah, you spent three hundred bucks on a mixer, but ten years ago, you just spent three thousand bucks. Yeah, to get to get where where you are now, and um, and it wouldn't do half of the stuff as yeah, yeah, exactly. And and you wouldn't have, you know, you, you wouldn't have access to the audience. I mean, the 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 great the the great and terrible thing about this sort of democratization of media is anybody can say anything they want and find an audience for it and unfortunately a lot of the stuff being said is really stupid or really racist or really homophobic (laughs) but you know you sometimes something awesome makes it through and um you know you you didn't have to have to invest a lot to do it and 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 the cool thing is like with with filmmaking especially you can walk into a best buy and 
and buy the equipment to make a feature film, you know? So it really comes down to how good of a story can you tell? And, and you know, I, was just, I was just stalking you a little bit and watching some of your, uh, your rolling video um, videos from, from Vimeo yeah. when, you're building, when you're building the dollies and everything. Yeah, which was like just a, a, this very accidental thing that happened a few years ago that still got I me. Mean, I think we got like – I think we hit 3,000 of those things. Wow, that's awesome. Ago. Yeah, and it was just literally – to back up a little bit um, – you know, we would do some videos at Grassroots Motorsports, and and uh, I was building some of my own equipment um, to to do some of this stuff with, because you know, the, 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 while cameras and stuff got really cheap, the the ancillary gear stayed really expensive, and for no reason. I mean, if you look at this stuff like like dollies and cranes stuff, it's basic hardware. I mean, it's really really simple stuff. So I was building some of my own gear, and I mean, literally, it's one of these things where like. Some guys saw me. It was it was at Road Atlanta. Um, I was I think at Petit Le Mans and shooting some stuff with one of my dollies. And some guys saw me like, "Hey, that's that's really cool." You know, where'd you get that? Like, well, I built it. Like, oh, could you build us one? And you know, when I built mine, I had enough to build like two or three of them because you, you go buy that stuff and you end up end up having extra stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I sold them one and paid for mine. I thought I was the smartest guy in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah and the next thing i know like they posted it online somewhere and i i get like 75 emails in one day from people wanting to buy these things and really and, and i'm like well i don't i don't do that i don't and, and my wife's like uh dumbass y- yeah you do take their money <laughs> you know so that was like four years ago and i like i say i think we're up to like three thousand of these little you know portable camera dollies that sell for 100 125 bucks and i think adam and i might have to uh, hit you up for to buy one uh because we want to get into doing some videos and stuff here soon when i when i move back to chicago oh yeah. yeah i had no idea that you built that stuff that's neat yeah and it's you know it, it's like like my dad works for me now part-time doing assembly work <laughs> and, and what's um, great about it is a super simple um you know product but you put a lot of thought into it you can use it on a lot of different you know variable you know, tracks and things like that, or no tracks. Like it's, it's a, it's a do it all for that type of, that type of filming. Yeah. And I, I, mean, I got, cool. I got an email a couple of years ago from the, the president of the cinematographers guild of America. And he's like, really? Yeah. And he's like, dude, this thing uh, is awesome. And I was like, wow, that, thank <laughs> you. So, so, you know, it, it's just one of these kind of accidental things I fell into and it, you know, it, Bought my wife a really nice vacuum at one point, and, and um, <laughs> got to get that Hoover, man. Oh no, Mila, it's a oh, oh, wow. oh, that sounds fancy, dude. It's this awesome. Like if if I was ever to be, and and she's a total vacuum nerd, so you know I'm not like you know getting a sandwich. Give, give me a sandwich and vacuum for me. Like she she is totally into the whole vacuum thing. Like <laughs> like she can't cook worth a shit, but she can clean like crazy. Yeah. So so we got this awesome German vacuum by this company called Mila, and. It is like it literally. It is it is the the Mercedes Benz of vacuums, and it uh, it works so much better than anything else I have ever used. It's 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 crazy, and it was like a three hundred dollar vacuum. It, it wasn't. That's not bad at all. Insanely expensive. So yeah, wow, that's way cheaper than a Dyson would be. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't. You know, it's not fancy, but it just works. Yeah, and feels really nice and German <laughs> and high quality. There, so there's my completely unsolicited plug for the Mila company. Do you think? Do you think if I bought a nice vacuum for my fiance, she'd vacuum more? Uh, you know what? It, it, when she did, uh, it would. I don't know. It, Austin. it might be nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, Merry Christmas. It, yeah. If the quantity did not increase, maybe the quality would. So. <laughs> yeah. 
So we started the show yet? What's uh? Oh, not quite. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, don't want to be oh. wasting your time. No, oh, we can always oh. use some of that if we wanted to. I will. I will let you guys do that part. <laughs> um, if you want, Adam. Uh, so it's not in not in his file too much. We can go back and record the the stuff. Uh, just you and I. Um, after this, we can just do the you know. Uh, Welcome to Slip English Show episode fourteen. Yada, yeah, sure. Yada. sure. So uh, we'll probably we can start here and we can just introduce. Uh, uh, JG, I guess. Yeah. Uh, JG, how do you say your last name uh, in, uh, in e- real life? Exactly like it's spelled, which, which is Pastor Jack. And, That's what I thought. Uh, yeah. What I it, thought. It, it's, uh, I mean, it's one of those things that looks harder than it is. And, yeah. and just to give you a little background on that, um, my dad and his late brother uh, did not even spell their names the same. So it, if, well, if, if, if we ever tried to look for our, our heritage, it's a little bit yeah. tough to find. I guess... Uh, he, my dad was the first of his family born in the U.S. And when his parents came over, they didn't didn't speak good enough English to really tell anybody what their name was. So they just kind of sounded it out as best they could. So they got one name at the island, and then they got a <laughs> they, yeah they got a different name uh, on yep. my dad's birth certificate because the doctors didn't know what they were talking about. <laughs> and then my dad joined the Air Force, and then they gave him a different name. Was they're like, "You're this is stupid. We're just going to make this a lot easier for everybody." <laughs> yeah, it, I, yeah, I kind of figured that. I've I've heard you say it in person at the GRM challenge, but I couldn't remember. I didn't want to yeah. screw it up. <laughs> so, um, all right, we want to uh, ba- do the official start here real quick. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. You go, you go nuts. You guys have been talking more than me. I got to take a drink here. Okay. Let's see. So if we're not going to start with our normal welcome, I'm sorry, JG. This is our 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 first time not doing um, our regular show format. So no, this is this is great. I'm I'm, I'm I, and I apologize in advance for throwing you guys completely off of. Oh, it's fine. That's all right. We were actually we were actually honored. Uh, <laughs> he suggested using it as your show too. <laughs> so. Yeah, that I, I've been listening. To, I've been kind of you know listening to the GRM podcast for quite a while. Um, you know, slowly catching up on them, and I finally got caught up two weeks ago, I think. Oh, cool! And uh, but yeah, uh, basically today we have we're doing two podcasts in one. You know, you get a two for one special, but you got to listen to it twice. It, it should be broadcast as the GRM podcast, and uh, it will be the Slip Angle Show also. So, uh, I'm Adam Jabay, and we have uh, JG Pastor Jack here. Hi, JG. Hi there. And we've got Austin here as always. Hello. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so this is what we're doing. We're doing two podcasts in one. Um, efficient. Yeah. I, I, t- today, JG emailed me that he wanted to do it, uh, do the do the recording a little earlier. He said he's got some wrenching to do. Are you getting prepped for solo nationals, JG? Yeah. So um, here's here's my last couple of weeks before solo nationals. I, you know, I, I, so I bought I bought this Formula Five Hundred about a year ago. I actually, the the whole Formula Five Hundred thing started last year at nationals. And um, it, it's, so I bought it ju- just after nationals and been running it all year. And, and the, the plan always was to take it to nationals this year. Thing has been stone reliable all year, except for all of a sudden the last couple of weeks before nationals, I start having these weird little you know, reliability issues like drive chain popping off and just, you know, dumb stuff from, from the car being old and never really you know, <laughs> maintained properly. And like, and like stuff that you would change anyway, that just all kind of is coming to a head right at this yeah. time. So, you know, I spent the last couple of weeks kind of, kind of chasing those things and then, um, I'm pretty much ready to go. And then today, cause I decided that my life was, uh, was far too easy. I went and bought a new trailer. 
Um, oh, because I, I decided that my trailer was just too just a scary old piece of crap, and um, so yeah, so that that's actually tonight's project is to kind of get get the new trailer squared away, and and uh, I mean it's not that much different than what I had. I just need to you know make sure it all works and check it out yeah. and, and do a few things. So yeah, I mean I'm <laughs> I I think I'm ready to go at this point. Um, that's good. Yeah, and and it, it's always. That, that that's such a great event. I mean, whether you show up with a car or, or like that's one of the few events that's actually fun to go to without a car and just hang out because it, it's such a. I mean, it's it's like Burning Man almost. <laughs> if, if if you look at it objectively, it's the stupidest thing in the world. I mean, I'm driving fourteen hundred miles and change each way to drive around in a parking lot for six minutes. <laughs> hey, nothing know, wrong with that. Yeah, I mean the 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 math is just just doesn't really make sense so yeah it, it is very limited seat time i yeah. think that's part of the it, reason some of us track day guys haven't uh, gotten super into autocross but the national level guys just they seem to really like it <laughs> yeah well and, and you know it, it, they're different sports ultimately yeah, i mean you know, it's it's like it's like comparing tennis and racquetball i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of things that look similar and there's there's a lot of things that you know some of the skills cross over but but ultimately, the, the the sports I think are very different, and there's a there's a level of focus and concentration that you achieve in autocross oh, yeah. that you don't yeah. get anywhere else. Yeah, my uh, uh, my background in autocross started with the 2000. I think it's actually started in like '95, but uh, I, I spectated a couple of them when I was when I was younger. But uh, my first autocross was when we were prepping for the 2007 GRM Challenge. Um, and, uh, and we did a bunch of them back then. And then I got really heavy into track day stuff and it just kind of becomes a time priority, you know, one or the other for so, me. So was 07, was that the sucker that year? Yes. That, I think okay. that was the sucker vet year. The one that, that, that the sucker vet with the Polaris, I think it was a Polaris snowmobile motor. Yeah, and, you, uh, and you guys, the sucker was that kind the of thing that you guys had the, the chalkboard car? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, we had, we had our, our green CRX gutty, um, which we eventually we turned it tan in 2008 with like a semi real paint job, and then in 2009 it we painted it like uh, we the guy spent a ton of time painting it, and uh, I built a new turbo system for it, and then we won in 2009, and it's still in that configuration. We just welded a cage in it, and we do track day stuff with it now. Oh, so, yeah, it's still around, still on the same motor too, running like 26 pounds of boost oh for ten, like since for like uh, almost 10 years now. It's just a tank. Yeah, the thing is, it's unkillable. It, it comes out at almost all of our events. That's awesome. <laughs> but the trans has seen better days. It doesn't go into third very well anymore. But um, yeah, for our listeners, um, JG, uh, what is your official title at Grassroots? Yeah, You've been there so, for like 30 years now, right? Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm, I just had my 25th anniversary in May. Um, okay. So I, I basically started kind of right out of college. Um, I mean, officially, I'm the production manager and the art director. I mean, my, my, my primary primary job is I, I manage um, basically the workflow of the actual production of the magazine. So yeah. so getting it from editorial to the printer, and then I lay out probably half to two-thirds of, of, of most most every issue. Um, okay. You know, doing doing the actual actual layout and stuff, and I do all the all the post-production, you know, getting getting the files ready for, for the printer and dealing with that end of things. And you know, since uh, since Per Schroeder left um, a couple of years ago, you know, he was he was kind of our tech editor and and uh, focused mostly in in that area. I've I've started doing a lot a lot more. I mean, I've always been writing, but I've I started writing a lot more since Per left. 
Yeah, I've noticed um, that. Just because you know we've we've got that big gap now. I mean, he was he was a huge contributor to the to the the editorial of the magazine. So, you know, in 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 one way, I mean, I certainly certainly miss Pear, but it was an easy easy chance for me to get back into in into writing more. Um, and the nice thing about being there for twenty five years is I kind of get to cherry pick my my assignments and and my stuff a little bit. Yep. Um, yep. And by cherry pick, I mean I'm just going to write what I'm going to write. If they can use it, but so yeah, that's I mean that's pretty much my my official position there. But we all it's a small company. I mean it's a you know it's a 14 person company. So our, our job uh, descriptions tend to be sort of varied, uh, varied and fluid. Yeah, everybody's got to pick up uh, yeah. where everybody else leaves off, right? Yeah. So how do you how do you get into that? You know, I was I got into it through the event side. Actually, I was uh, I started autocrossing when I was like sixteen, basically. Okay. And uh, in in Central Florida, I grew up on the west coast of Florida in St. Pete and Tampa area, and um, you know was working at working at Chili's and going to USF, and then autocrossing every weekend. Um, you know, getting up at three in the morning and driving halfway across Florida and autocrossing and. Um, you know, the magazine was on the east coast of Florida, and I started reading with the first the yeah you know, the first the first issue basically because we actually had, yeah it was Auto X back then yeah right? it was back when it was Auto X and we actually had this really yep. killer independent bookstore in St. Pete that that had the magazine cool and uh, you know just from autocross it in Florida and 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 knowing the scene and you know from there I kind of got into helping put events on and and doing event chairman stuff. Um, I, I met the publisher and his wife, Tim and Margie, and, and um, helped them put on some events and just kind of basically said when they, like, look, I'm frustrated in college, you know, it's it's fun, but I just feel like I'm spinning my wheels and do, do you guys need somebody to, to come in? I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not stupid. I, I can, I can, <laughs> I can finish a sentence in English and you know, I have, I have certain, certain skills and. They were like, yeah, I mean, we, you know, worst case, we can try it for the summer, and, and that was 25 years ago. So That's cool. Um, yeah, that was, and that was back. We were actually putting on a lot of, a lot of events ourselves back then, and, and we actually we are again, but that was sort of our first flirtation with um, – I mean, we, had, we basically had our own sanctioning body, which was CMC, um, mm -hmm. which we were, we were doing uh, you know, a dozen or so kind of – national tour level autocrosses around the country and a lot of street events too which was which was very cool um yeah didn't you guys crash some consulier multiple consuliers into each yeah, other or something i'm actually one of only two people uh, i think in, i listen in, to in the world i believe who, who has been involved in a multiple consulier collision uh, our, our street, <laughs> I, I listened our, to that podcast like a year yeah, ago <laughs> that, was, that was it was in colorado it was like montrose colorado and we had this i mean and these street events are awesome i mean if, i mean there's very few of them left but if you ever get a chance to go to a street a street autocross especially in, in a little town it's the coolest thing ever I mean, and basically because, you drive through the town right you, you drive through the town and like a lot of times like they'll they'll just sort of block off a downtown area and they'll be like, <laughs> like, like like a town square and they'll put some cones up but some of these places, like I mean, these are little these little mountain towns in Colorado. So one block off of downtown is like residential. So like you 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 know go through this downtown street and have a slalom, and you turn left, and the next thing you know, you're driving by people's yards, and they're out there barbecuing and cheering and throwing footballs around. And <laughs> that sounds really cool. Oh man, it's just the coolest. that sounds that sounds really cool. It's, yeah, it's, it's the coolest thing ever. But yeah. we, for whatever, yeah, we, we had a course that crossed over itself, which sometimes you can't avoid, but. 
there was another car out there warming up and I, I went out there to warm up and we, I, I think we were both driving about 75 percent you know we weren't going crazy we we're just making sure the course was clear which turns out it wasn't but uh i mean it, <laughs> ju- just this other constantly just t-boned me and uh i mean the, the darn things just bounced off of each other it, and that's a full carbon fiber body with the turbo chrysler motor right yeah yeah it's a complete carbon yeah. fiber monocoque um, oh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, they, they weigh nothing. I mean, they were under 2000 pounds. So there's just very little mass there. And, um, yeah, I mean, it basically sounded like, like you take like two Rubbermaid garbage cans and just bonk them together. That's exactly what it sounded like. And, and we probably came together, at, <laughs> I mean, 20 miles an hour, 20, 20, maybe 25 miles an hour, just a solid, yeah. solid T-bone. And yeah. I mean, you know, there was some physics involved. You know, we, we were a little, little shook up, but things just bounced off. I believe it. My, oh. my my road race CRX would not take that uh, well with another road race CRX. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, a, a, a metal car would have would have been yeah. in, in terrible destroyed. Shape. Yeah. Yeah, destroyed. So. That's that's kind of impressive. Uh, what uh, what kind of other stuff have you? You've done a lot of autocrossing, obviously, and uh, but I, I remember a while back reading that you raced uh, like Viper Cup or something. Yeah, and, I've, I've had a chance to, to do some cool stuff. Um, you know, I run the twenty five hours at. Uh, at uh, Thunder Hill several times, I was I ran the first um, Mustang Challenge race uh, at Road Atlanta, which the series is now defunct. But it was basically you know a spec um, kind of Continental Cup level Mustangs uh, ran for a couple of years, and then I ran ran the Viper Cup at Sebring a couple of years ago. They had a they had a program for uh, you know special guests and and stuff, and 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 that was. A, a fantastic. I mean, that was so. That was basically Viper, the previous gen Viper ACR X, which was essentially a Viper ACR uh, gutted cage race seat, a little bit more arrow um, on slicks, mm-hmm. and um, I think, I think, yeah, I think they were unrestricted as well. So we actually technically had more horsepower than the than like the the, the IMSA cars. <laughs> um, you know, a little heavier, obviously, but, uh, yeah. And, and I'll actually, so yeah, more horsepower and on skinnier tires than, than the IMSA cars. That thing must've been a riot. You know, it, Vipers are, Vipers are great. The, the biggest problem Vipers have, and I, I just got a, got a chance to drive the new ACR, which is amazing. Uh, about three weeks ago at VIR, um, they, they all, if there's any problem that any of them have, it's that basically the capabilities of the car are generally not up to the capabilities of the, the ergonomics. So, like, a, a factory Viper is great, except the seats are just, you know, completely un, un uh, not in line with, with how good the car is. Like you're so, flapping around the interior? Yeah, I mean, you, you, yeah. You're, you're spending so much of your energy trying to hold yourself up. But then you, know, <laughs> yeah. you, you throw some good seats in it, you throw, you throw a harness in it, and they're amazing. I mean, they're... It, I mean, think about it. It's a it's a long car. Yeah. Know, it's a it's a it's a wide car. It's it's a giant Miata essentially. Um, the 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 strangest thing about it is you actually where you sit is um, I mean your butt is right over the rear axle. So when is it that far back? You're you're real far. I mean, like like look at a oh, Viper wow. compared to like like a Corvette or something. Yeah, and, and you're—I mean—you're a foot and a half close to the rear axle, so wow. it's like a cage room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when there's any kind of yaw going on, you, you go way with it, and so any any yaw actually feels a little bit more um, more pronounced than it actually is. Yeah. 
because um, because you're at the back of the car. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know you figure you're 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 rotating around around those front wheels, so you're actually moving a lot further, you, you know, personally than than you would in in like like a you know Corvette or something. So yeah, so every, all the all the cars' inputs kind of feel real dramatic, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, but you know, once you kind of get used to that, it's it, a well set up car is real predictable and and real capable and and um and pretty easy to drive and and pretty raceable. Um, yeah. What so, kind of stuff have you driven at uh, the 25 Hours of Thunder Hill? And stuff? Um, nothing. <laughs> I think I ran that that race six times and finished once. Okay. <laughs> That's a, which was in a Miata. Um, but uh, a couple of Hondas. Um, ran an EG Civic with a factory Honda team one year, which was great car, but, you know, a lot of sorting issues. Um, ran a nearly bone stock Mitsubishi Galant. Uh, or not, no, not, not Galant. Um Eclipse? Uh, no, what's the thing they build the Evo out of? Uh, Lancer. Uh, the Lancer, yeah, Lancer. Like a, <laughs> a non-Evo Lancer. Really? <laughs> which was actually, you know, and the thing, it, it was it was a, a really super easy-to-drive car. It kept breaking hubs. And What kind of cla- what class was that in? It was, like, know? with the with the spec Miatas and stuff. Like E4, maybe? Yeah, it was whatever their, their lowest lowest E class okay. is. Okay, I've never seen one of those raced. Uh, the, 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 well, there's a reason. That's what <laughs> yeah. I found that. Like... like like you, if you set one up just like an Evo, it handles great. Just has no horsepower, but yeah. the, the hubs are just not not up to to getting getting beat on like that. Um, and uh, what else? Oh, I I drove a this balls out Subaru one year that it it was it was a kind of car where like we we knew going in that it wasn't going to last. Like it was a time attack car. Oh okay. And yeah. uh, I mean, it just kept literally just blowing holes in the exhaust. Because <laughs> um, the thing was just just crazy, but but it was I mean it was fun while it lasted. I think I think everybody got a uh, got a couple laps <laughs> at some point. Yeah. Um, what and, uh, and, what, what and, other wheel to wheel stuff have you done? Um, a little bit of everything. I mean, I I we uh we were one of the first magazines that actually got a, a neon back in the day. Okay. Um. So I ran uh, ran showroom stock C in in that neon for a year, and actually oh, cool. that was fun because. Uh, we, we got a prototype ACR. It was like the first one they built, and mm-hmm. it was the only one that that had AC because they they basically took a you know a regular neon and built an ACR out of it. And yep. so we had uh, you know an AC ACR. Uh, so I drove the thing. It was my daily driver for a year. Ran SSC all over Central Florida and South Florida, and like won the regional uh, championship and drove the thing to and from every race. That's cool. And yeah. and that was back when you could still like that was back before you needed race seats to run showroom stock um what did you have for safety in that thing a cage and a and a net and you know the it was back before you had to have massive door bars so you're yeah you're just like a sill bar kind of sidebars down on the sill i mean it was almost like not having a cage at all (laughs) yeah um yeah the only thing was you couldn't get in the back seat so okay who who cares um but you still had a full trunk and Go to the grocery store with you know with your full cage. And, <laughs> That's me. Um, is the ACR the old ACR? That was the one that came with Coney Yellows from the factory, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that was that was fun. I mean, I, I one race I drove home from with a rear bumper cover taped on. And other okay. Than, other than that, thing was rock solid. I mean, went through. It's not too bad. <laughs> yeah, I went through a couple sets of brake pads, but that was that was about it. Um, what was the furthest away that you drove it uh, to wheel the wheel race it? Oh, I. Th- I think we went we went down to Moroso a couple times. Okay, which was about four hours. We went to Roebling, which is about four hours. Um, nice thing being in Central Florida, you know, you, we've got 
course, Daytona right next door. Um, Sebring's about two and a half hours away. Roebling's about four hours away. Um, Moroso, I mean, Palm Beach International is about three and a half, four hours away. And then Homestead's five. And if you want to even go out past that, Road Atlanta is less than seven, depending on traffic. So that's not too bad. Yeah, yeah. we're we're pretty lucky where where we are that we can get to a lot of stuff pretty easily. The uh, uh, as far as autocross stuff, uh, what kind of cars have you uh, seriously autocrossed? I know you played with a three three fifty Z last year in the yeah, magazine. Yeah, la- last but. year last year had the Z. My my first autocross car um, back in the day was it was an MR two, um, and um, my my first the first car that I won a trophy in at nationals was oh it's a Saturn it was it was a Saturn SC um back back I when, heard those were pretty popular autocross they cars were back back in the day like when when they were in the the class with the rest of the sporty front drive stuff like they were in the same class as like um, sixteen valve Jettas and uh, you know. Golf GTIs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Awesome car. I mean, you basically just just keep your foot down and steer, and um, really, really easy to drive, and and just a, a good front wheel drive chassis. Um, so yeah, uh, that um, yeah, we see a bunch of those in lemons nowadays. You still yeah, you see a bunch of those Saturns. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, if you can if you can keep them running, if you and if you can keep you know the the chassis from rotting away to nothing, yeah, um, that would probably be a decent lemons car. Was well, the chassis shared with anything in in Europe at all? Like, um, I, like you know, the one of the last cars that they released at Astro wasn't it like an Opal over? Yeah, I, I know the later cars were. I don't think the early car. I think, I think the, the early stuff was like all Saturn. Like, yeah, and I think there were some pieces. Like, I think like maybe like the struts were the same from a Cavalier or something. Yeah, I can't believe we're talking about Saturn. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, but it, my the second car I trophied in, in at Nationals was uh, was an Olds Achieva. Um, oh. Was that a quad four? Uh, that was that was not just a quad four. That was a one of sixteen uh, W forty one quad four four twos with a Torsen and uh, AC delete. I think my buddy Mike Taylor. Do you know him? He's a Game lemons sense. racer. Uh, Auto X Mike on most of the forums. I think he has one of those. Uh, he's had a bunch. He's had a, several of those. I think he's got one of those same. Uh, uh, with the torsen and everything in it, uh, riding in his car. He just sold it. He's got a Grand Am Quad 4, and he's got some oh, crazy wow. trans for it. But, yeah, uh, the, yeah, the Quad 4 was a great motor, man. Oh, that, and that was, a, you know, the, 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 that, that car actually was was so ahead of its time. Um, I mean, it was it basically like that thing was, it was more like driving a Shelby Mustang than it was like driving an old, a front drive Oldsmobile because <laughs> that, that motor was just so crazy. And with the torsen and, um, you know the the suspension was actually actually pretty decent for a big heavy car. We we got a bunch of stuff. We, we got some takeoff shocks from uh, one of their Firehawk teams at the time, and and ran those. The biggest problem with the car it had these these crazy fourteen by seven inch wheels, which was really wide at the time, but you know, it was only on fourteens, and and we, and we couldn't get anything wider than like a two hundred five size tire on the thing, and and you know still managed to go pretty quick with it, but like. The next year after we, we we moved on after that car, somebody came out the or BFG and Hoosier came out with like their two forty five forty fourteens. 
Um, and and that thing, I mean, that car on those tires would have been unstoppable. Yeah, I, uh, they some people used to run those things uh, in, in, I think ITA back in the day. Yeah. Um, and uh, well, somebody on one of the forums said when they ran, they were like the Nazis through Poland yeah. when they were when they ran. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's, but, and, yeah. The the guys that were into that quad four stuff, I mean, there was there was some cool technology going on. So. That's a, it. Really, is an awesome motor. And yeah. one of your gr one of your GRM challenges right before we came down for a few of them, um, I think somebody put one in a CRX, and I think it was recently for sale. Oh wow! Uh, a first gen CRX had a quad four in it at one point in at one of your challenges. I think I think it was a feature or just a blurb on it, but. Uh, yeah, I, gr- I kind of grassroots motorsports is kind of the reason that I'm into this dumb crap. Uh, when, when I was, tw- I think when I was 13, I was on a family vacation, and that's right at the time when you're like don't want to have anything to do with your family. Yeah. And uh, that, we stopped at a that, that, we stopped that, that, at a mall. Yeah, that doesn't go away actually. So. No, yeah. it, well, it, it got real bad when you're like 13. You know, you're missing your friends because you finally have friends and you like music and your parents like to listen to something else and trying to check um, girls out where you're on vacation. Oh yeah, man. I I had a little girlfriend at home and who actually I'm married to now, but. Um, I st- we stopped at a mall and I was just looking at magazines and I had been reading Hot Rod since I was you know probably eight or ten and I found a Grassroots because you know I never went to a mall and it wasn't a Grassroots in the Walgreens in town which is the only place I bought magazines and I must have read that first one cover to cover like ten times uh, and it and I, 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 I got a subscription pretty quick after that but yeah it's kind of the reason that I uh, don't have a Mustang with a thousand horsepower drag motor in it <laughs> now i now i play with a stupid scca road race crx <laughs> and, and yeah and that, you know that i actually that's that's what we're looking for i mean that's the, yeah. that, that's how it's not starts. that there's anything wrong with mustangs you yeah know, Andrew can make a v8 go real fast at the challenge but uh yeah it, grm kind of did change the tra- the trajectory of my auto obsession and it, it's cool that like the world seems to almost be catching up with us a little bit i mean you know, uh, ten years ago, did you ever imagine that that Ford, Chrysler, and Chevy would all have walk into a dealership and buy a track car? You no, know, believable. Mustang GT three fifty, you know, Viper ACR, yeah. Camaro Z twenty eight. Like those cars wouldn't have existed ten years ago, and yep. and now. That, that's a thing all of a sudden. Yeah, think of the, the mediocrity that was like in suspensions of everything. Yeah. There was nothing good, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, really. Even even the cars that got good if you just put springs and shocks on them, they were pretty lame from the factory, you know. Um, yeah, it's amazing what's coming out now. And maybe it's maybe it's all your fault. Yeah, <laughs> hey, we'll 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 take we'll take responsibility for that. That's yeah. that's fine. Uh, you were you were just out in uh, Laguna Seca driving that yeah, new Mustang, weren't that's you? That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if you can talk much about it. I, there might be a no, no, no. There's there's no uh, the the cars. Actually, I, I've so in the last four weeks, basically, I, I've I've had a chance to drive the the Viper ACR and the Mustang GT350, and you know it. it I, I could never really say one's better than the other because they're 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 both pretty amazing in their own way one thing i will say about about the mustang over the viper is is the vipe the, the mustang literally as it sits in the showroom floor i'm talking about the gt350 r is that the one with the flat plane crank uh yeah it's got the, it's got the that's what i plane. thought yeah so, the, yeah so basically there's a gt350 and a gt350 r okay the, uh, they both have the same brakes i mean the brakes are just massive uh the r gets stiffer suspension a little more arrow no back seat um, it gets all the stuff from the track pack, 
option of the GT350, which is basically a bunch of fluid coolers. Um, and it gets uh, its own um, calibration for the uh, stability control and different tires. Okay. So, but I mean, literally, as it sits on the showroom floor, there's nothing. I mean, you, you, you could fine tune some stuff, but there's nothing I would change. Wow. You know, like the, the, the Viper, it's like, okay, it's awesome, but it, it really needs a seat or at the very least, you know, a, a harness. The Mustang. Like as is, take it to a track. You're gonna have a great time, and yeah, if you put a put a harness in it, it might be better. You might like it more, but it doesn't need, <laughs> doesn't need anything. It, it's not like sitting there just asking for anything. It's just it's it's the most complete car, track car I've ever driven from a you know from a main manufacturer. And it yep. seems like a bargain too compared to compared to the machinery that you're comparing it with. Sixty five thousand yeah. dollars, and I mean that that sounds like a lot of money, but that's, you, that's what a new suburban costs. Yeah, I mean you will you would never <laughs> that's less. <laughs> yeah, you you would never ever um, be able to duplicate it for that kind of money. Wow, wow. and and, cool. and the thing like like it, it isn't just okay. Here's a high performance Mustang. Like it's. Full on our compound tire, you know, badass track car. Like it's it's the real deal. Like they, the the, the tires are um, on the R. They're uh, Michelin Pilot like Pilot uh, Sport Cup Two or it's like a forty treadwear or something. Well, what what they actually did it, it the I, I don't know what's actually stamped on the side, but the the, the compounding for the Mustang is a, a completely unique compounding ju- just for that car. So basically, they they brought Michelin out and they they tested against um, a set of Hoosier A6s, a set of Michelin uh, IMSA slicks, and basically Ford said, okay, we want to go as fast as these Hoosiers, you know, like like how how close can we can we can we get to these Hoosiers, and still have a street legal tire? And um, they, I mean, they they came off close. Basically, they. For the the Ford guys say they they were able to duplicate lateral grip of the Hoosiers. They give away a little bit of forward and aft grip to, to to the Hoosiers, but as far as like steady state lateral grip, they 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 actually duplicated the the, the A6. That's um, ridiculous. I wonder. Do you know kind of do you know how long something like that would last? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think they're stamped with with a 160 treadwear, which is completely. <laughs> You know, just arbitrary. Very optimistic. Um, yeah, lying. <laughs> I mean, okay. So just just to put it in perspective, though, like like at the at the media event, they we were running basically four laps per journalist, and there were let's see, there were four cars, and there were about twenty of us in a group. So each car probably got. Each car probably got between forty and fifty laps by the end of the day, and you figure, you know, typical group of journalists, half the guys will be pretty good and been pushing it, pushing it pretty well. Um, and then they were out there doing some other filming stuff, and by, by the end of the day, I mean the tires were, they had clearly, you know, seen better days, but they were not <laughs> worn out by any means. Um, yeah, it's pretty impressive. I mean, yeah, you, you could have easily six that way. Yeah, I you 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 could have done another day on those on those tires and, and and been okay. After that, you might start to see some some of the air, the air come through. But um, <laughs> you know, you you could easily one person could easily go run 
a couple of two, three, four weekends on them, probably. You know, and if, if you were to buy a car, though, like right off the bat, you'd probably they just need to sell that car with like two sets of spare rear tires with when you buy it. What they need to do is actually the I'm, I'm surprised. Here's here's my here's my brilliant idea for uh, for for car companies and tire companies and everybody else that that you need to sell people tire subscriptions and <laughs> and, and not like like, you know, you can you can buy baby food as a subscription or, or you can buy, you know, you, oh, yeah, you, yeah. Can, you, you can buy like Amazon. We'll, we'll like every six weeks, a bunch of toilet paper show, shows up at your house. That's, that's what happens at my house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so Man, I would love it if Hoosier showed up at my house every six weeks. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so let's, let's do it. Why, I, don't why, why, that, <laughs> I mean, that, that might be the way to do it. And maybe, maybe tire rack should do that. It's like, okay, can I, I if I save 20% on the, on these tires over the course of a year, I, I know about what my schedule is going to be, how many I'm, I'm going to have. And from, from like a supply chain standpoint, how many people right now are scrambling around trying to get exactly. their nationals? Yeah. You know? So That's not a bad idea, actually. Subscribe. <laughs> don't, don't you know people at Tire Rack you could make that work with? Yeah, yeah that's, that's really I, not a bad idea. <laughs> I, I, I into it. I think the only, the only problem would come when somebody comes out with, with a new compound and everybody yeah. is trying to cancel their subscriptions and make sure they get <laughs> they get the new stuff. And no, you just make it a rolling thing to where they yeah. automatically. Well, I guess if it's with the in the same brand, yeah, it might work. But but if it was yeah. a different brand that was the new hotness, like the new Bridgestones, from yeah. what I understand, the, the street tire kind of uh, yeah, the hot street tire segment that that seems to change every six months nowadays. Well, and and it it it, it could be more often. I mean, basically, it, it changes. With one convincing post on one message board somewhere. Whenever Andy Hollis makes it change, it yeah, changes. <laughs> exactly. And 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 even you know, even if you read some of the some of the replies to our tire testing, like like our, our tire testing is something I'm very proud of. Andy does yeah. this incredibly methodical job. Oh, it's by and, far some of the best. Yeah. yeah. And and but our tire testing does not always match up to who's winning at nationals, which is fine because. I mean, People have different skill levels. People have different proclivities for different kind, kinds of tires. You know, different chassis like different tires different too. Chassis like 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 different tires, yep. whatever. But it doesn't you know because some guy in Packwood, Washington, won on a different tire doesn't invalidate our testing. And it, you know, it, it, it it's funny to me to see like posts and we're like like ah, Jerem didn't know what they're talking about because you know my buddy. Uh, called me the other day. He said he beat somebody on BFG. He's like, well, maybe your buddy's a really good driver, you know? Yeah, and, and maybe and, the BFG guy yeah, isn't. <laughs> and, and, and and ultimately, you know, when whatever tire you run, and really almost to some extent, you know, if, if your car is set up within 95% of everybody else, on any given day, the best driver is going to win. Yeah, or the luckiest driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah the the guy that gets yep. the, that runs right before the rain comes, or, or whatever. Yeah, whoever had the best day. Yeah, yeah. you know, it, but it, like I, I I saw a guy post something the other day on on a board somewhere. Uh, actually, it was it was on the on 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 uh, road race autocross. So, like he wanted to, I think he had an S two thousand, and he wanted to come up with some way to change his intake setup between runs to to maximize airflow for whatever the ambient conditions were changing like if it was 78 degrees on his first run 82 degrees on, on, on his next run and he was changing the length of his intake uh like, <laughs> just go drive just it go dry, yeah like, like there are yeah. so many other things that are going to yeah. affect how fast you go 
the the you know if, if you're, you're looking way too hard for excuses at that yeah. point. I, I pride myself on my prep, but I never play with my intake runner length. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they, they, it, it can get a little crazy. You, you can lose your mind in this hobby too. Yeah, well, so. which is actually one, it's one of the fun things about autocross because you have, you oh, have yeah. this, this very engineering mindset, and you have you have a lot of very tech savvy people, and um, you know you also have a lot of ego involved. So it's like if if I'm not winning, obviously it's because you know I didn't quite prepare my vehicle enough. You know, not not yeah. that, not that my skills might be. Not, not as good as somebody else. So now, now your your new car, your uh, your little formula car. What's the details on that? Because a lot of our track day buddies might not have heard of those. Yeah. So um, for, Formula Five Hundred is a class. It's 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 been around for a long time. Uh, it started out as Formula Four Forty. It's a uh, it's a two stroke uh, snowmobile based um, for, Formula car, and yeah, yeah. it's it's really cool. Like the 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 current motor is uh, a 494 Rotax is the most common. You're also allowed to run a 593 Rotax, which gets a little more complicated um, just because it's a, you know, like a solid state ignition and there's small electrical stuff involved. And there's also a, a, a new rule that allows you to run a, a 600cc sport bike motor with a transmission, um, mm -hmm. which is really, really cool. Although the cars are turning out to be a lot more complicated than than people initially thought they were going to be, but uh, they sound awesome. <laughs> yeah, I believe and, it, and they look fun. But the the cool thing about the the five hundreds is they're really simple. Um, our suspension, I mean, it's a it's a it's a push rod suspension, uh, a arms in the front, a solid axle in the back. It's a you know, it's a spool chain driven spool axle. Yeah, but uh, your suspension essentially is all based on um, this spec rubber disc and it's a it's a two inch diameter one inch thick um rubber disc and you can do anything you want with that disc but ultimately that that disc is what controls all of your suspension motion so um on my car for example it the discs are actually in these things that look like shock absorbers and there's uh little pistons in there that, that squish the discs and they're actually cone-shaped pistons, so the further they squish into, into the disc, the more resistance the, the disc gives. Um, That's what those big round tube things are? Yeah. Because I've seen pictures of these things, and I've thought, what are those, like homemade shocks? Well, yeah, So and it actually acts, you know, so that basically takes the place of your shock and, and your... Really? Shock. Yeah, and, oh and my gosh. If, if you look at some of the different designs, like there's, there's a lot of different ways that people use, like some of the, some of the manufacturers use the discs... Um, like they'll they'll they instead of using a compression uh, method, they they'll use like a twist method, where okay. where they have you know bell cranks and, and arms go into these discs, and as the suspension articulates, it twists the rubber instead of compressing it or, or deflecting it some way. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot you can do with them, but ultimately that's what you get. And then you get of course, to play with a rubber disc. Yeah, and then of course, like anything, you know, you you let you set racers loose on anything, and they start arguing. Oh, yeah. well, oh look at the best rubber disc is you know uh, an eighty shore hardness polyurethane disc. Well, no, no, no. the best rubber disc you use uh, half of it is a gym mat that you get at Target, and the other <laughs> half is you know a, a floor mat from from a seventy eight Ford F one fifty. <laughs> this way. And, like, like, and so you got guys that have like these progressive different types of hardness in there and then and then different types of things to squeeze them and and so yeah there is a lot of technology there but 
Like so it's not even it's not a spec disc, huh? It's it, the the size is spec, and it it has to be um it, it can't two be, inch by one yeah, inch. Yeah, huh? it can't can't be solid essentially. So you can't use like a hockey puck. Um, yeah, yeah. I I think there's there's a there's an upper and a lower hardness um standard for it, but um, okay. You know the the most common one is a it, it's about a. You know, it's it's not as hard as a skateboard wheel, but it it it's it's uh like harder than a, a rubber floor mat. Uh, that's so. a, that's fascinating. I had no idea that that's what those cars used. Yeah, and, and and you can actually get quite a bit of. I mean, my front suspension will articulate through about three three and a half inches. Wow. Um, and and my rear doesn't, but there's other reasons for that. And we we got the rear locked down pretty tight just to kind of keep it from doing anything. Um, so and do some do some people play with axle like thicknesses they, where the axle can flex and stuff? Yeah, um, some of the cars will, will they'll actually uh, they, well they, they, there's two basic basic designs. Some of the older cars actually had the the whole engine cradle uh, could could move with with the rear axle, um, and that was a pretty old design. But the the cool thing about those cars was they were really crazy light. Um, so you can, yeah. I mean, and those, you know, most of them are, are, are going to be ballasted, but you can put the ballast exactly where you want it. Okay. Um, and, and then, and yeah, you can, you can kind of play with that, that flex in, in between the, uh, the engine crate. Cause the whole car essentially flexes at that point because the, yeah. the, you know, the rear axle is flexing independent of the, of, of the whole, the whole front of the car. So, uh, those, those have some options. But yeah, I mean, mo- mostly it's um, just sort of adjusting the preload on the discs, and and really, you, your main spring action is coming from tire pressure. Okay. Because you're only running, you know, between say like nine and thirteen pounds of tire pressure. So there's there's a a, a pound of tire pressure makes a huge difference. Oh yeah, that's um, a huge percentage. Yeah. Um. So so that's where most most of your spring is coming from. What's your what's your race weight on that thing? Uh, mine's he- I'm I'm heavy because I'm a big dude to begin with, and then my car is heavy, so I'm like close to 900 pounds. And our, our <laughs> close to 900 pounds. Well, but yeah, I'm almost, yeah, I'm, I'm 100 pounds heavy basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, most like there's not a lot of guys making. I think minimum race weight for a for a 494 car is 800. And okay. mo- most of the cars are are like 840, 850. It's 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 hard to get to get a modern car super light. I mean, unless you're like, like, I mean, it, it would take like a 120 pound driver to, to make weight in my car. Yeah. Um, which is, which is tough, but like some of the older cars, Freaking I mean, jockey and yeah, some of the older cars are just built from like twigs and sticks and, and, yeah. and, the, and those are easy. So over, over the is, winter, you know, we're going to try and strip some weight out of the car a little bit and, and do what we can. But, um, as far as uh, I, those those things, once in a while you see a road race class. If a weekend gets a couple of them, I see them on on track. Is it basically the same car? Yeah, essentially the same the same cars. Um, you know, it's a, it's a CVT transmission. Yeah, they sound like snowmobiles. Yeah, just, exactly. So, which, which, which takes some getting used to because like you're, you're used to kind of driving with that butt dyno and and like yeah, hey, it's really weird. You know, you know, okay, when I was coming out of that corner, I was at seventy one hundred hundred RPM that time. Well, like you're always at eighty four hundred RPM. So. 
Yeah, the, the last time I saw him was at, at Mid-Ohio, I think last year. I don't think any of them were at IT Fest this year. But, uh, yeah, they come out of turn one, and I was standing up by the bridge, and they just accelerate, and it's just blah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, and it's 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 it takes a while inside the car to kind of get your head around the fact that, like, I, I imagine, oh, it's yeah. always going to sound exactly the same no matter what I'm doing. So I just have yeah, to kind of so keep pushing it. But, um, yeah, so the big difference between a road race car and an autocross car Obviously, is is going to be your final drive. Um, yeah, yeah, you know the, yeah, those guys run like anywhere from like a three eighty to a four twenty, four fifty final drive. I run like a five twenty five. Yeah, um, and then you, all the technology in them for going fast basically is in the clutch. Okay, um, you know that's that's where everything is, and, and there's a couple guys that do the clutch setup, and and essentially you, you just go buy their stuff, and it's awesome. Um, yeah. And you, you can learn how those clutches work, but you know you can learn how black holes work too, and they still make about as much sense. Um, is a, is that a liquid clutch that's like cooled with the fluid, or no? Is it- it's a, it's a, it's spring operated, and uh, there's there's ramps. So basically, like as okay. as it spins, the weights fling out and drive yep. those ramps apart, and so the, yeah, the front the front gear it drives together, and the rear gear it drives apart. Um, yep. and, and all the tuning is basically in how quickly they, they, they engage or, or, or actually, actually the, the real secret is, is how, how they disengage. So basically when you back off for a corner, um, you, you don't want complete disengagement. Other, otherwise, when you get back to the throttle, you have this like sudden and uncontrollable torque application to the rear wheels. Oh yeah. So, yeah. So you actually want to control what they call the back shifting little little bit better and so you're actually able to kind of control uh control throttle application through a corner and okay you know once once you 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 find a find a clutch that lets you do that like transforms the car um now, is there is there a differential in that thing too or no, no? It's, it's just a spool yeah okay so you're basically you're playing with uh yeah you're just playing with like the drive uh the driving of the chain pretty yeah. much yeah. Okay. And Interesting. The other cool thing, you know, with an autocross car versus a road race car is most of the road race cars are are pretty seriously tuned for aero because you know it's a, it's a low yeah. horsepower formula car. So like they're like you're laying flat on your back, like you're in a soapbox derby car practically, and um, yep. you know that that that's so bad for an autocross because you you know you got to have some some leverage on the wheel and be able to 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 get some get some force in into the wheel. So. Um, the cool thing about you know a modified class is like you just cut it and weld weld it up how you want yeah. it basically. So you know I I transform my car from you know a lay down car to a basically a sit up car, um, so I could actually get some get some leverage into the wheel and you know move move the wheel way up so so it's you know not down in my lap it's up in my chest yeah. and. And the uh, I just read your article on uh, on when you made a seat. Uh, your, you made your seat insert. Um, the uh, so before the the car, you'd like actually laid. It was a road race, like lay down kind of style. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The, you, you basically like. <laughs> well, we, we we took it out, but uh, you you essentially laid right on top of the fuel cell, <laughs> which brilliant. was like like this wedge shaped fuel cell <laughs> that was like under under your back. Um, yeah. So we took that out and put a uh, just a little two two gallon go kart tank in it. Okay. Now, what class are you actually autocrossing this, uh, uh, it's, this it's, thing in? It's F modified, which that's is, what I thought. Yeah. yeah, essentially, it's it's all 500s, and uh, 
I had the they moved the solo V's out, but it, yeah, so it's all five hundreds, and occasionally you'll see uh, uh, Legends cars and like Baby Grand yeah, are in there yeah. too. In fact, I think I think there's a guy in a Legends car registered for Nationals, which which should be fun. that's cool. Yeah, I've always liked those little things. Yeah, but it's you know, I've 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 never autocrossed a mod car before, and and this thing like it, it is so easy to drive. I was that's the thing that surprised me the most is once you. Once you kind of get used to the view, um, you yeah. know, the fact that you're looking, like, like essentially you're almost eye level with the top of the cones, um, the actual driving and control of the car is phenomenally easy. I mean, if you figure you got four big eight inch wide contact patches and 900 pounds, so it's it's all tire. Um, yeah, that's a lot of fun. So, <laughs> that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. So 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 once you once you kind of you know get get used to the the speeds being faster and 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 just you know the general sort of dynamic envelope of the car it's it's really pretty pretty darn easy to drive um how's the acceleration on that how does it actually uh, uh how quick does it feel quick i i i i think i want to say 0 to 60 is probably somewhere in the in the low to mid fours that's pretty fast yeah so. i mean it it gets out of its way <laughs> pretty pretty darn quick that's faster um, than anything Austin and I drive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've I've got a my driveway is about 140 yards long, um, and, and it's uh, zero to sixty and yeah, back. And, oh, that, oh, oh that, easily, yeah. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's just long enough to like. <laughs> it's it's funny. So we have it's it's great for setting up setting up clutches and and um, you know just kind of making sure everything's working because I can do you know a hard drag race start and, and stay in it for a while. And we have the, we have this donkey next door. We're kind of out in the <laughs> kind of semi-rural area, and there's this donkey next door, like and, a real uh, donkey or yeah, a neighbor yeah, no, you don't no, like. I, yeah, an actual actual donkey. <laughs> and uh, oh my god! So you know, I'll go, I'll go hauling ass by 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 him. And the first couple of times, like he's he's kind of he's a little stand up because the car's noisy. And like by the second or third time I go by, he's like national velvet man. He's like galloping alongside, <laughs> you know, just uh, thinking he's like the coolest donkey in town. And he um, is the coolest donkey. Yeah, he might be the only donkey in town. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I would like anybody thinking about getting, like if, if you want to sort of take that next step in autocrossing, um, boy, this is, the the cars are cheap. They're, they're fast. I mean, it's, you know, at most local events, this it's, it's an FTD car. Uh, fastest um, time. Huh? Yeah. I mean, how, how is it on consumables and like tires and like, what do y'all have to regularly? I mean, you'll, you'll heat cycle a set of tires long before you'll ever, ever wear yeah. one. I mean, and there's only really one tire. It's a, you know, it's a Hoosier R25 B. And, yeah. um, I mean, I still have a set of tires that came with the car that I use for just kind of, you know, pushing it around the garage and, and setting it up on. Um, but a set of tires is like 700 bucks for a brand new set of tires. And, yeah. Literally, they'll. I mean, they'll last all season if you don't mind going slow the last few events. Um, and if you take care of them, they'll be fast for for ten or twelve events. That's cool, man. Um, and you know, he runs race fuel, but I mean, so what? You're going to go through a couple of maybe a gallon or two at a t- typical event, and two stroke oil, and other than that, you know, keep keep the stuff clean. And there's not. I, mean, I, I'll, I doubt I'll ever put a set of brake pads in it. Um, that's awesome <laughs> it doesn't sound like you need much of a tow rig either no i mean i i uh I, trailer i'd tow it with a well I'd, i just bought a a new uh a new van a couple weeks ago that i haven't actually driven yet because it's still at the dealership because they 
they broke the windshield putting the backup camera in, but that's a whole other story. But what you buy? Uh, so I I bought. Oh God, this. Oh, all right. Did you buy one of those new Ford things? Uh, no, kind of. So they, they I drop, saw you. I saw a Facebook post about yeah, this. <laughs> they they drop off press cars every week, and um, so three times in in my life I've gotten stung by like oh they I gotta have one of these, and the first time it was the Mazda Speed Three, and uh, the second time it was the Volt, and this time it was um, the dot or the sorry Ram Promaster City wagon. Oh, nice! <laughs> yeah, so which is actually a rebadged Fiat with a with a Dodge motor in it and two point four liter, right? Yeah, and it like it not to- know too much about those. <laughs> it, it tows two thousand pounds. I mean, the thing drives phenomenal, and I mean, they drop this thing off at two o'clock. By four o'clock, I was texting my wife, going like, "Oh my god, I, I got to have this thing." And I, I emailed Dodge the next day, like, "Hey, can you give me a deal on on this?" Because the one that they they in the press fleet was exactly as I would order one. And they, that one was going to the crusher or something. They couldn't sell me that one, but they gave me some info to take to the dealer and like, Hey, tell the dealer this. And here's what the invoice <laughs> price is. And so they ended up, you know, pointing me towards a, a, a deal on it. And by Monday I signed the paperwork. So, Oh yeah, it's funny. I, I was watching a video of one this week, uh, towing like an off road trailer up a mountain pass out in Colorado. Um, there's a, a, YouTube channel that that uses that certain mountain pass to test all their trucks and everything. Oh, cool. And they use that because they had one just recently. And that thing did it like a champ. Yeah. Said, yeah. And it's still even towing that going uphill. It's still got like 8.4 miles to the gallon where all the other big trucks when they're towing larger loads, obviously, only get like like three. Yeah. We got the, the, the press car we had for a week averaged 28 miles a gallon. Wow, that's really good. So that was you know, <laughs> that's really good. Um, but how, how is that thing on the highway? It's not like screaming no, at fifty five miles an hour. I mean, it's got like a nine speed transmission. Oh my gosh! So it just just kind of loops along. But yeah, I mean, the, the dealership was great, and then I went and bought it. The only thing it didn't have was the backup camera, which I wanted. So I was like, ah, okay, you know, for this much more, we can put one in. It's an aftermarket one. It you know goes to the mirror. We got okay. That's that's fine. Whatever. So they they broke the windshield, pulling the old mirror out. And um, they couldn't find a windshield for it, and so they called, they <laughs> called me last week and said, "Well, you know, we're we're going to do something you hardly ever do. We're going to put in a request to pull a windshield off of the production line." I said, "Well, that's great, but you understand that the production line is in Turkey, and uh, oh my gosh, it's thing next week." Yeah, so she said, "Oh, I didn't know that." <laughs> Did you get the, the wagon version that has the back seat? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Also, are you going to be driving a car with a broken windshield to solo nationals? No, I'm. I'm taking our, our Chevy uh, Colorado long long oh, okay. um which yeah. which I was planning on taking anyway. Because, yeah, you know, whenever we can drive somebody else's stuff, it's something I'm not making a payment on. That's, yeah, you're not putting miles on your payment. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's okay by me. And and actually, that the call the Colorado is. I mean, we we towed the Camaro up to VIR for uh, UTCC in this new V6 Colorado and got like just under 17 miles a gallon. That's not wow. bad. Camaros are heavy too. Total What's the tow rating? Yeah, it, it's rated at 7,000. Holy cow. Yeah. And you, so you figure Camaro's 4,000 plus 1,300 for a trailer plus you know, a bunch of out. stuff in it. So it was close to maxed out. And, um, you know, the transmission hunts around a little bit, but I th- you think tows like a, like a, like a V8. Now Man, the world is passing me by. I'm yeah. still tolling with dualies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now if I lived in Colorado or something, I don't know that that would be my my first choice. But yeah, I live in a place. I, I live a long way from any kind of real mountain pass. So, yeah, 
Yeah, a a couple of years ago, we were towing uh, me and my, me and our buddy Brad Adams were towing uh, two cars on my flatbed trailer out to VIR for NS Expo. I was instructing; he was driving, and, uh, and we were going down one of the big mountain passes. And I looked down at my speedometer because I was just I threw it in neutral, and I'm just driving. It was a five speed. It's five speed manual. Uh, F-350, and I looked down, and we're going 95 miles oh an hour God. with two cars behind us, and I thought, oh, this is bad. That's like <laughs> top speed in the CRX. Yeah, yeah it's just about, yeah. Is but luckily, a, it was, you know, big big brakes in a dually, and I just, uh, yeah, it's the truck that I did my Cummins swap into a while back. It, it did fine at 95. <laughs> is that the Brad, Brad Adams from, uh, from, from New Orleans, Brad, Brad Adams? Uh, no, not the not the uh, what is he? He races World Challenge, yeah, I think. Yeah. No, this is this is uh, Brad Adams from Indianapolis with okay. the Alabama accent. So. Okay. <laughs> no, he, he's a track day buddy of ours, and he he and I just uh, caged up his EG CRX, and now he's uh, racing Honda Challenge H2 in the oh, Midwest. Cool. So. Yeah, he'll probably be on the podcast next week because we're going to do a bunch of shows from ITR Expo and uh, at Gingerman next weekend. Oh wow. So. Yeah, you'll hear a bunch of live shows if you want to listen to the uh, the podcast in the future. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, the live shows always get a little wild. Uh, yeah. So I, I was actually um, when I was out in California last week, uh, a good friend of my wife's from high school works at Pixar. So she invited me up to take take a tour there, and and uh, which was amazing, by the way. But I believe it. What was, what was cool was he pulled into their parking lot, and I I have not in in the Pixar parking lot. I counted at least six NSXs. Holy cow! Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, and those—I mean—and and, you know, chances are there were there were more there somewhere, and and most of them, like, a couple of them maybe had wheels or something, but like, there was, none of them real done up. Like, most of them, pretty clean, pretty stock, and and uh, pretty pretty well cared for. Um, couple yeah, of them. What are, they're such awesome cars, man! Yeah. Just out of the box, they're so good. So yeah, definitely uh, some some folks there with some appreciation for them. Where, where is Pixar? What part of California uh, is that? Pixar is in Emeryville, which is basically right next to Berkeley. And that's down. That's on the south side, right? Or on the north side, right? Yeah. So of, it's of California. It's, yeah, I mean. nor, yeah. North north of Oakland, uh, northeast of yeah, yeah. right right across the bay from San Francisco. Yeah. Well, my student from NS Expo in 2013 lives in San Francisco, so I don't know what he I don't know what he does nowadays. I don't think he works for Pixar, but <laughs> I, I I don't know how. Anybody that actually lives in San Francisco, they they do oh, something, so man, because that is that is just crazy out there. I think he he actually lives in Monterey, which is even oh nicer, God. I think, but probably a little cheaper uh, values per uh, per square footage. But, yeah. Yeah. The the uh, yeah NS Expo is a cool event. There's uh, it's it's kind of nice to instruct cars that uh, are that good, and you don't really have to worry about them. I had two students and uh, uh, per day, and those are fun cars, man. They're really fun cars. <laughs> Uh, just you don't you never see him anymore either though. But. Yeah, I I actually um uh went to the I, I remember going to the the press lead for it, it was basically it was when they put the the three point two in, in the NSX, but it was it was also the the national intro for the Integra Type R. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And uh, it was down at Homestead, and it was it was it was pouring rain and uh. Yeah, you know, usually at these at these press things, like it it's kind of like a small group of people, and here's some cars, and go out and run some run some laps, and it's it's pretty mellow. Like it's it's a it's a pretty mellow track day, but you know the the sort of unspoken rule is like you know you're gonna go out there and you're gonna go nine tenths, 
and um, you're not going to do anything stupid because here's a brand new car, and you know you're you're not here. Like there's there's no Formula One scouts in the audience. Um, yeah. And so it started pouring rain, and you know I like driving in the rain, so I was asking these guys, "Hey, do you mind if I take take some cars out?" And so they're like, "Yeah, fine, go ahead." So I'm out there, you know, bombing around this Type R, which was amazing in the rain, and the NSX, fun, but not quite so good in the rain. Um, but uh, and I forget who he was or where he was from, but guy goes out in the NSX and comes comes down off of Turn One in uh, at, at Homestead, which is very much like Daytona, where you you've got you come off the banking and you go into a you know 180 degree turn into the infield, except yep, off yep. the outside of Turn One at Homestead is you know, about 250 yards of grass before he hit, hit the tire wall. Well, it was 250 yards of swamp because it was pouring rain. <laughs> so this guy comes off clearly too fast, flies off into the into the, the water, sliding sideways, skipping across the top of the water and kicking up this massive rooster tail and uh, finally comes to rest. And, and, you know, the thing is up to the sills on the <laughs> in, in water. And they, they tow it back in. Well, punchline of the whole thing is, didn't you know, car never hit anything, but uh, he had the windows open, and the I mean the entire inside of the oh, brand geez. new NSX was just swamped. I mean, I covered I, mud. Just, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like you could just write your name on the seats. Oh, that's disgusting. And uh, oh god, it was it was so awful and <laughs> smelled horrible too. Yeah. Oh, so man. yeah, that was that was unfortunate. Um, yeah, that's not a good day. Yeah. Someone, someone's driving that car around yeah, out there. The, somebody got a fantastic deal, <laughs> Someone, deal yeah. on that car. It, it only had 150 miles yeah. on it. <laughs> Underwater as soon as you buy it, literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the rain track day thing is always, it's always that thing where you get out on track and you, and you wonder, I wonder if I can sneak the windows up and they'll notice. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, I, I, I like the rain a lot because I, yeah, I grew up racing in Florida, so. You know, it's just something you have to get used to, and yeah. um, and it's 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 fun. My, the first like pro pro racing school I ever did was a barber school down in South Florida, and it poured rain for three days, and it wow. was probably the best thing I've I've ever done. You know? how, how many you've done? Uh, you've done multiple uh, racing schools. Yeah, I've done I've done a few. I've done I've done barber. I've done uh, uh, the, the, actually the the one that was my favorite doesn't exist anymore, which was. Uh, Derek Daly's school in in Vegas. Um, he, uh, he, I mean, it was, I think it was the kind of thing where he was so good he couldn't afford to keep it open. <laughs> <laughs> but but they had they had great instruction. You know, it was it was a great process going going through it. Um, I mean, really, there, there there's no bad schools out there right now. You just kind of find one that that that, that suits your needs because because ultimately, like the instructors, they're I mean, they're going to be working at barber one week and bond around the next week and you know, yeah it, it, it's like any other industry where you have these guys in the industry that are kind of in i hate to use the word vagabonds but you know that they're going to be working for whoever's whoever's paying them and yeah they're, they're trying to make money playing with cars exactly yeah. and they're all they're all great instructors but uh you, you know you're going to see the same the same faces at very various places and, and ultimately they're all trying you know they're all teaching the basic physics of driving a race car and physics is yep. physics. Um, so, have, have you seen a lot of change? This autocross thing. Have you seen a lot of uh, change in the hobby in the last like ten or fifteen years as track days get more and more popular? 
Well, yeah, I mean, and certainly the, the like the, this track night in America thing is the 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 latest and and, and greatest example of that. Oh, it's so much harder. Yeah, ten years ago, how much harder was it to get on track anywhere? You know, there there was in the Midwest scene, like was, ten, eleven years ago when we started doing our events, the West Michigan Honda Meet, and now we do the Grid Life events. The, uh, the like there was nothing. There was like one group once in a while in the Midwest. But. Yeah. Yeah, so just the you know, the accessibility is just unprecedented t- today for what it's what it's ever been, and and not just see, and yeah. along with the accessibility getting better, cars are getting amazing too. I mean, we, we we have all these great cars, and we and at the same time we have all this great 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 accessibility. So that's that's been the big thing. I mean, you know, it's it it's getting to be almost where like like in Europe where you can just you know generally drive up to a track yeah. and. And take a few laps because they're they're going to be open on on that day. Um, Have you it, seen it? Like really uh, you know, since track day stuff is kind of and, and one I, of the more popular aspects for beginners, especially. Have you seen it hurt the autocross scene at all, or does it seem pretty strong to you? No, you know, I I don't really think so. I mean, I I, I think. I think anything that's that's good for any of these sports is is good for all of yep. these sports because ultimately it's it's more people involved in in doing car stuff. I mean, our our awesome. autocrosses awesome. still pull 140, 150 people sometimes. So you know we we still get great numbers. I I think I think you'll see ebbs and flows on a on a, a regional basis. Um, but I think I think overall, uh, th- as as one part of the scene improves, it just improves the the whole scene itself. I mean, you know, when it, it, yeah. being it, do, it does seem like the younger crowd is starting to get into club Seattle. racing and NASA yeah. and SCCA now too. Um, that stuff kind of kind of really got hurt when the economy really crashed, yeah. and uh, even the last like three years, there's been a lot of younger guys, uh, myself included, getting into the SCCA and NASA stuff around here in the Midwest. So. It is still tricky, and I think this will change eventually. But it is still tricky to, like, there's almost not yep. really a clear path. Like, you're you're either going to be doing yep. sort of an autocross path, or a road race path, and and it's it's tough to make that jump from autocross to like you would think it would be easier. But yeah, there's really there's no good place for me to run my STL CRX. Like, um, it, it, there really isn't. I would love to really have more time to play with it, and yeah. a nice little afternoon autocross sounds fun. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly, and and you know even like like NASA's NASA's great, but but NASA needs to do some work on on their classing too a little bit because, you know, some of their performance touring classes is it's yeah. really really yeah. hard to explain to to a newcomer, and like it it it's a great way and a great fair way to class cars, but it's a very difficult yeah. way to yeah. to sell a sanctioning body to a new customer. Um, you know, well, I see two CRXs out there. Why are they in different classes? Well, because one guy has got you know this treadwear tire. <laughs> yeah, you played Forza before, and I. So. Yeah, the the road race thing is kind of still even nowadays when the barrier to entry is lower because of uh, the lemons and the chump car and world racing league and all that stuff um, to get in wheel to wheel. It's, it, it still seems to 
be like people look at it like oh i gotta buy a, a real suit a multi-layer suit you know like there's so many little steps for people to jump over that it now, you know now going back to the uh to the racing school thing yeah. i know back in the day you kind of had to go to a racing school to be able to even drive on track you know because there really weren't a whole lot of track day companies around um what do you think or when do you think the proper time is now for for somebody to go to a racing school you know being that they can do a track day and get some seat time, when's the right time? Well, I, 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 that, that the answer mm-hmm. to that is directly dependent on, on their attitude. Um, the, the right time, maybe never, if you, can, if, if, if you feel like you can progress without having, having, having that in, right. in, in your resume. And, and, and there's, there's some great instructors at track days, too. Um, but the the way I see it is it's, it's a, it's a, it's a different way to learn, to learn the same stuff. And, and if, if, if you're somebody that, that learns in a more structured environment like that, yeah, racing school is absolutely the best way to go. If, if, if you're somebody that learns better in a one-on-one thing, you know, maybe a track day and coaching approach is better for you. So it, it really just kind of, kind of depends on on how you learn what what your approach is to something and and it re- really it depends on how how honest can you be with yourself um about knowing your own limits and not every right. the reason i ask you know i've i see post occasionally with people asking like hey what racing school should i go to and they don't have any track experience at all and, and don't even know that they can get on track at a track day you know right. so they they have it in their head that they have to go to racing school they look at us out there on track and think all of us have been to some sort of racing school so that's that's kind of the the reason that i asked too Yeah, and and I, even for a guy like that, I, th- I think the answer is like, okay, you, you, what's your goal? Is is your goal that you want to go racing, um, or is your goal that you just want to drive on track? Well, you know what? If you can, if you can go to a track day and you can, you can act like a grown up oh, yeah. and yeah. and not go out and go fourteen tenths in your, in your in your first <laughs> session and think that there's going to be, you know, IMSA scouts in the in the audience at a at a track night in America somewhere. You know that that's a good approach for you, but but if you if you need that structure, and 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 you need a little bit of of uh, of assistance with your own self, that is the hardest thing. You know, um, you know speaking a, from a, uh, a guy who idea. organizes events and runs the on track portion of our events, basically is keeping people from thinking they're you know thinking they're some sort of hero to no one out there, and all they do is find the tire wall, you know. Um, it, it, it's a hard, it's a hard thing on your first event to, unless you've got a really good instructor in the car with you to, to really keep somebody, especially nowadays when the cars are so good, um, to keep somebody, you know, where they should be and rather, rather than just driving into the wall. But, uh, yeah. And, you know, ultimately look, there's what in the entire world, there's maybe, maybe 500 professional race car drivers that yeah. you know <laughs> and they're probably they're making a lot more money too <laughs> professional race car drivers what i mean yeah i mean how many what there's the, when when the nfl season starts there's going to be what 1600 nfl level pro football players in the u.s so essentially you you, you have a better chance of making yep. an nfl roster than you, than you do of being a professional race car driver um so yeah it's just you know 
Nah, nah, there's there's plenty of other ways to get paid for like doing podcasts around the race. <laughs> Wait, we're getting life. paid, Austin? <laughs> no, but you get to be around it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, right. Or being, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or or being an instructor or being a journalist. You know, there there's 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 ways to cheat the system. Um, so, but yeah, the you know the the dream of becoming a professional yeah. race car driver is. It's pretty unrealistic, and and once you real and you know what, it yeah, doesn't it, really it, impress it, girls all that. It, it really is. Uh, it, if you find a good event, it really is a great. It's a great way just to to start as far as just go to a track day and have some fun. But um, yeah, but about ten days yeah. in, I thought, man, I yeah. wish I had the money to go to Skip Barber. Oh man, that'd be so great. Or the Mid Ohio School. Um, and, and I was always so broke when I got started and I'm still sort of yeah. broke, but the, uh, yeah, I never did that, but you, you, you also have to know, like you said, you have to kind of be honest with yourself and see your shortcomings and then try to work on one thing at a time. And yeah. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and the cool thing about the school is like generally if you go to a multi-day school, like yeah, it's, that's three intensive days of nothing but driving. And, and, and if you're somebody that, that, you know, that learns well like that, you know, that's better than three weekends of, of, of doing the same thing. But, um, you know, a lot can be gained by asking yeah, around and, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of good instructors out there and, and there, there's a lot of guys who will, who will write seat with you for, for very, very reasonable fees. And, and, uh, if you're willing to listen um, um, as far as uh, uh, the the, the magazine goes, um, what uh, what kind of stuff do you guys got coming up pretty soon? As far as events and uh... yeah, um, well, we got the challenge coming up in in October. Uh, that that's obviously our, our our last sort of big event for the year. We we'll be at SEMA and PRI, trying to trying to trying to earn a living, um, and. Uh, Got, you know, next year is looking like it's going to be pretty similar. You know, we, we've got the we've got the media. Well, Daytona sold out already, but uh, everybody's welcome to come to yeah. Daytona and hang out with us. Just uh, our GRM tickets are sold out for Daytona. Um, after that, the MIDI and the Orange Blossom tour, which is kind of more of a classic thing. Um, the, the tours are actually going pretty well for us. Uh, the you know, it's 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 small and it's and it's and it's nichey, but it, it it that's actually been a been a neat way for us to to do some networking and 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 help our partners out a lot and um you know keep keep our advertisers happy, um so those and we're and we're finding ways to sort of take the some of our more high end tours and make them more accessible like like oh, yeah, these yeah. Uh, mini tours before the midi where where I mean I think they're they're all they're free if not like they're they're cheap and i think you get, you get lunch maybe but I, th- I think they're actually just free some of them we're like like we we do a tour from uh uh coker tire in in chattanooga down down to the midi and i think we're going to be doing a couple more of those next year where we start from a couple different spots and, and drive drive to the midi um so you know more more stuff like that, I think, is is in, in the future for next year, and obviously all, all all the stuff we're doing doing right now. We're we're actually this this is a hundred a <laughs> hundred thousand miles from being official, but we're sort of in the in the uh, the research stages. Oh wow! Uh, really cool. Maybe doing a GRM trip to the Nurburgring at some point. Uh, so the GRM editors really got to hanker to drive the uh, the Nurburgring, and they got to figure out a way to get there. <laughs> Yeah. 
Well, no, I you know I yeah. I, I raced there back in the day. I, that was yeah, the one I, thing I, I meant to ask you about. And, um, <laughs> how, you know, if we fun. got time, how was that? <laughs> uh, you know, it was it, it, it's 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 hard to even put that into words because it was so amazing. Like, like I wrote the first draft of the story, and it came in at like six thousand words. Um, just just because like there was just this incredible outpouring of of thoughts you know come out of my head it was one of those things that i it was like i've been going over there for years going 24 hours just as a as a fan and uh you know as a, as a journalist and you know obviously i get a little bit better access um than just buying tickets but you know and i've got a, a lot of time there um doing just doing laps in street cars and, and and press events and stuff but it was never really on my list on my bucket list to race there because i never really thought it was something that I'd ever have, have access to do. And I uh, started talking to a friend of ours, Rob Holland, who actually you know, is involved in a company that their specialty is bringing Americans over there and helping them go racing. And, in, and ultimately, like, it's really affordable and really pretty easy. Like for, for what you would pay to rent a good spec Miata for an SCCA weekend, wow. Wow. You can run uh, an RCN event at the Nurburgring. Um, yeah, and it's, it, you know, it, 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 now, I mean, there are some things that really, really surprise you and, and bite you cost-wise, but, at, at, like, the, the entry fees are crazy, but the actual renting of a car is very cheap. So, um, but, yeah, the, the, the actual competition was amazing. The, the way the RCN is set up, it's actually more of a, of a, of a like a NASA time trial almost where it's oh, okay. um, open passing, but you're running for time. Um, and, but instead of being oh, really? the best okay. lap, uh, you're running for ag- aggregate time. So like you end up getting like, I think the event is like, like based on like 14 laps. That's um, so weird to think that 14 you know, laps is a couple hours. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, there's got, and there's, I know, <laughs> Um, and there's, there's gotta be a pit stop in there. So like you're, you're allowed a certain window for your pit stop laps where like you have to do your, your pit stop laps in like 20 minutes, yeah. which, you know, gives you time for like a 10 minute pit stop basically. Um, and then the rest of your laps, like you've got like this aggregate time. It's, it's, a, it sounds way more complicated than it is, but basically like over 14 laps, like you're like, like 10, okay. the aggregate of like 10 of those laps count for your ultimate score. Um, but, uh, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Like, like you just, if you've ever run like on, on a modern gaming system, the, the Nürburgring over there, they're actually, the, the Sims are actually really accurate as far as like the rhythm and and flow of the track. Like it, that's, it's a great way to learn the track, like on, on Gran Turismo five or, or, or Forza or whatever. But the, the thing that you, you will never get from those games is, yeah. Uh, one, just how incredibly narrow. Yeah, it looks it like it's about twenty feet spots. wide in some spots. And uh, and oh, geez, which you used to. It's it's like right. It's like, it's like <laughs> yeah. For you, that's not a problem. <laughs> um, and yeah, and and how how bumpy it is. Um, I mean the the front straight, which actually has a speed limit on on it now. But the the closest I came to feeling like I was going to spin the car was literally driving straight down the front straight. Like if you get off on the on the wrong spot, you start wow. purposing so bad, you think the car is just going to turn around on you. Um, and and the fact that also, like, except for the Grand Prix course, 
there's no real classic racing turns. Like so, so even if you're faster than somebody, you can't just say, okay, well, I'm just going to take a little bit later apex into this corner and just drive right by him on the exit. Um, and I'm going to easily pass this guy that's slower than me. There's just there's nothing like that out on on the Norwich life. It's just all this these sort of connected, you know, twisting corners. Like I think I actually sat down and and counted up like my the number of control inputs I had on on a single lap. And I did it a few times, but the average number I came up with was like about 140 wow. separate little control inputs that I was making yeah. in in one lap. So you're constantly doing something. So there, there's no setting somebody up and 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 passing them under braking or out of a corner because that that just isn't there. So you, you just basically come up on somebody who you're faster than and you and you get around them, you know, and you you go offline to get around them. Obviously. Yeah, watching in car footage, I mean, it's never the the best way to get an idea, but it, it does seem like a very different kind of wheel to wheel racing experience than like your average club course or even some of the famous courses here. Yeah, because yeah, it's so spread out. Yeah, yeah it's very, it's very much like driving down a, down a country road. Um, yeah, yeah, and and the, you know the fans were we were we were a support event for the twenty four hour race, and we, we were like the first thing of the weekend, like Thursday morning. I think our green flag was like, oh, that's so neat, man. The morning. There were still probably thirty thousand people there. I mean, it just packed, and um, you know that was just really cool to to be. Bombing around, you know, <laughs> Audi RS4, big grassroots stickers on the side, and um, um, and it, but it, it's funny, like it's you know you, you realize after a while like, it's just like racing in the U.S. Like there's is it, yeah, is it in English or is it in like German? every driver's meeting you've ever been to in your life? <laughs> it, it, it it's in German, but you know there's there was a guy who's helping translate, and like what's he saying? He's like it's like he's saying the stuff you know already. Like, like the only, the only thing different was the fact they have they have the, the speed limit zones now. Um. Which you know they kind of told you how those worked, and 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 the fact that also like there, there's never going to be a full course yet over there. Yeah, over um, there. Yeah. Just you can't throw a full course caution on a 17 mile track. Um, so what they what they do is they have these sort of, uh, and actually I think I think IMSA is starting to adapt these, where they have like a localized, uh, what they call a code 60, which you you'll get a yellow at at one station, and then the next station, you'll have. Uh, maybe some cones that are directing you around the incident or whatever it was while they clean it up. And then the next station, you'll have a green flag and then you're, you're back to racing at, at that point. And, and, and until that goes away, that area is always going to be basically a, you know, a, a, a no racing zone. Um, so, you know, they, they, they teach you, they, they go over some of the specifics of, of the intricacies of, of racing there. But other than that, like, I mean, there's, you know, the dumb jokes and it's just like every other driver's being you've ever been to. And tech was exactly the same as every other tech line you've been in. Like there was the guy in the 911 that walked away from his car and, yeah. <laughs> you know, and held the tech line up. And, um, yeah, that's yeah, good. It, it's good to know so that it's, it's universal. It's exactly the same every, everywhere you go. <laughs> yeah. And, and, um, yeah, yeah. So, so that was, that was pretty cool. But it, it was, it was the, I'd say the, the, the biggest thing for me was, was, uh, just every every sort of showcase corner you you, you go into, which That's is so cool. these corners near these public areas, just packed with fans and 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 fans like like up at at the fence cheering, and they don't care whether you're driving like a Renault Clio in last place or you know you're you're in a, a factory GT3. Like like they see a car they like, they're 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 cheering for you, 
and uh, that was really cool. And the actual, the actual level of of the racing was pretty high. Um, I mean, there's a real sort of culture around that track over there, and and there's guys that just have, you know, they. It's sort of this, this generational thing. Just, I mean, they they just race there, um, and and the the level of racing was was pretty impressive. There was only, there was really only like yeah. I mean, there was 150 cars in our group, um, and there were only like two yeah. cars that I saw that I was like, oh, I'm staying away from that guy because that just looks scary. But everybody else was like, you know, they were it was very fun to dice with, and you know, slow car would. Slower cars would let you buy, but they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't break off what they were doing. To That's awesome. Buy, man. They would, they would give you some I, I can't wait to read your article and, on it and um, see some pics. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. Cool. Yeah, I got. Uh, well, we're we're it's in this for what, like an hour and a half or so, guys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how how long are the GRM podcasts usually? Yeah, yeah. I'm like. Um, I, you know, I try. Well, we blew it out of the water. I try to so. go forty-five <laughs> to an hour, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll do a couple of parts. But yeah, I mean, I I I, I basically I think rough. I read somewhere that the average commute is forty-five minutes. So um, I know God. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's that's that tends to be my target. But yeah, I, well, you know, if I, uh, I, I got to go grocery shopping, so we should probably wrap this thing up here. But <laughs> well, um, so where can people uh, connect with you and find <laughs> yeah, out more yeah. about grassroots? And... Yeah. Gra- Grassrootsmotorsports.com um, and classicmotorsports.com. You guys can find out about everything we're doing. Um, you know, you can, you can reach the whole, the whole staff through, through the webpage really easily and on Facebook. Um, you know, I, I got to say before our Facebook presence and our our sort of uh, web presence cross over quite a bit, but the, but actually there's a lot of unique content on both. So if you're just a Facebook fan, come check out the website sometime. And if you're just a message boarder, go check out the Facebook stuff sometimes. And um, there, there's a lot of a lot of different stuff there. We're we're still in that sort of nether region between not knowing how much stuff to do on the web and how much stuff you keep in the magazine. And like, there's so much stuff we do that we want to get out <laughs> there. Um, but we just don't know what to do with it yet. So, so we're, we're constantly adding, adding more web content and we, we actually got some pretty good archives on, on the web now. So there's, there's a, there's a lot of, a lot of info out there, um, you know, available from, from the website and the, and the, the Facebook, uh, Site. But yeah, the, the takeaway message here is if you're just on the website or just on Facebook, check check the other, other one out once in a while. Yeah, it's been my favorite favorite magazine since I was like 12. So I really appreciate you coming on here, man. Uh, you know, you, you've got 20 years well, in in, uh, in my life of yeah, being yeah, my yeah. favorite this, magazine. This, this was fun. I'm I'm a long time reader too, starting around 2001 or so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's an honor to have you on here, man. That's cool, man. Yeah, and. And and you know uh, the other thing is too is like check out our as you guys know you know for me and being you know challenge people and what, no, like you, they're really you fun events the, the events uh, come and have a good time especially the at, challenge at where uh, where everybody yeah. uh, drinks beers yeah. in the pool afterwards <laughs> yeah yeah so and and that's 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 one thing I, I really like about the the events that we do is they all tend to be you know you, you're I have friends at all the, all the other big magazines, so I don't really mind saying you know, they they all do a great job. Right. But you're not going to get an event from Car and Driver like the Challenge. 
you know that that's something I think very unique to sort of our world that that I'm I'm, I'm quite proud of. So, you know, I, anytime you have a chance, yeah, I definitely want to be coming to one soon. It's, uh, it's it's worth the trip. Cool. Yeah, but, well, yeah uh, th- guys, thank, thanks very much for having me. I appreciate it, and thanks for uh, you know I I will. Well, actually, so for for my benefit. Oh yeah, Austin, how, do our stuff I, here too. Oh, we, and we have we have, we have one little advertiser plug to do, but you don't have to leave it in yours. Yeah, if you don't want. What, your plug. Yeah, and you can no, find us fine. at uh, facebook.com slash slip angle show. Uh, you can search for us on iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, slip angle, uh, no spaces. So try to keep it kind of trendy that way. Yeah, it's a it's one word, not two. Uh, and you can also reach us uh, via email, uh, Austin at slipangleshow.com and Adam at slipangleshow.com. So yeah, this is fifteen, I believe. Hey, what, yeah, this fifteen. Is, this 15. is number fourteen that I'm in. Fifteen. Uh, um, who, who, company your, called uh, Def Motion. So I kind of had a, a little spiel. So I'm gonna have to edit this. But uh, yeah, go nuts, Austin. Uh, do it. Uh, awesome. All right. uh, looking for performance parts? The great guys over at yeah, DefMotion are huge fans of the show and are now offering a 5% discount to our loyal listeners. Uh, simply shop at DefMotion.com and use code SLIPANGLE, no spaces, at checkout. Uh, that's www.deftmotion.com and use the code SLIPANGLE at checkout for your instant discount. Wow, it sounds so professional. Yeah, yeah. right? Right? Yeah. <laughs> Awesome, and uh, and I got a quick plug for the uh, the Grid Life events. We've got our Invitational uh, Advanced and Intermediate Guy Track Day uh, at uh, Autobahn Full Course, which is it's like the cheapest you'll ever run Autobahn Full. That's coming up soon. A few spots left, so I got to plug that a little bit. Chris uh, Chris needs to sell a few more spots for that one. So um, that would be at Grid.life or uh, on all the social media pages. Uh, You know, there's a lot of followers there, so. Uh, anyway, yeah, we really appreciate you coming on, man. This is uh, it's been fun. Yeah, absolutely. So I will let's uh, let's go ahead awesome. and do our log off thing, and then do our our. All right, up I'm gonna stop air, recording so. here. Uh, yeah. Hey, thanks everybody. We pr- 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 no no no. Well, I, I found that to be a lot of fun. Hopefully you guys did too. Uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time wrapping things up because I've already taken an hour and 45 minutes of your life and uh, hopefully you enjoyed most of it. Um, got some cool stuff coming up. Uh, got, I got to drive the Mustang GT350 and GT350R a couple weeks ago. I'm going to be doing a show about that next actually. So uh, that that I might rush into production and actually just kind of bang that out and um Send you that next week. It's a, it's a very cool car. Actually, I've got I got the chance to drive a couple of very cool factory track cars lately, um, and I want to tell you a little bit more about those because we're we're in a great time right now. We are in a a fantastic time to be alive when it comes to um, these these factory factory available track cars. So uh, grassrootsmotorsports.com, classicmotorsports.com. Check everything out there. Uh, come back and listen to the podcast. Thank you for for doing so. Got a lot of great compliments at the Solo Nationals. Um, about about the podcast and really appreciate uh, you guys listening and appreciate your, your patience in realizing that you know this is kind of a side project we do this is not um, main sort of magazine uh, business focus for us so occasionally it gets left off to the side so I'm glad you're you're very very cool about uh, just kind of taking them as they come and enjoying them when you get them so thanks very much uh, my name is JG Pastor Jack this is the Grassroots Motorsports Podcast we will see you next time thank you